0: She has for over 16 years been helping people who are sick and tired of living with chronic pain, frustrated with medical system, and ready to take alternative approaches. As a chronic pain relief expert and an advanced EFT practitioner, she guides clients to experience relief quickly and permanently using a powerful, natural, and effective healing tool. She has been featured on national television, newspapers and magazines, and her book, Instant Pain Relief, is a bestseller on Amazon in the holistic medicine category. She has shared the stage with renowned personalities like Dr. Joe Vitale, Jack Canfield. She works with CEOs, medical doctors, founders, and entrepreneurs who want to feel light, free, peaceful, and clear, and who know that there is more to life than living with pain. Her mission is to empower people to heal themselves and live the life they want. Welcome, Shalini. Pleasure to talk to you.
1: Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to have this conversation.
0: You talk about various things on this podcast, but I never talked to somebody with your background. I thought it was quite interesting. And I think the path you're on was as a result of many aha moments you've had. So why don't we start there? Tell us about your background growing up in the Himalayan foothills and the aha moments that have put you on this path for what I think you're pursuing as human transformation, correct?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So a little bit of background, you mentioned the uh, Himalayas. So I'm originally from a hill town called Nenital in the foothills of the Himalayas. And that's where I'm originally from. And a big chunk of my early childhood was spent there because my parents were here in Bangkok, Thailand. This is way back in mid-70s. So there was no international schools. And my dad worked in a very remote area in Thailand, Ayutthaya. So I was put in a boarding school in the hometown that I'm from. And I was in uh, All Saints boarding school. People know that place more for Sherwood, where Amitabh Bachchan and many famous personalities studied there. And my grandmother lived there as well. So that was my background for like a good eight years of my life, from six and a half to 15. I grew up in a boarding school and it had a profound impact on the way I live my life even today. Growing up in nature and simplicity and singing hymns. I was in a Protestant school, so I'm a Hindu. grew up in a Protestant school, but I live in a Buddhist country. And it was a whole mix of different rich values that I was exposed to, luckily. And actually, this whole story with the back pain and chronic pain is very much tied to this background of growing up and Jesus becoming my best friend and singing hymns, which gave me so much solace because my parents were not there. And I always felt like, but I have Jesus. You know, I used to talk to him and let converse with him and tell him all my woes. And all that sort of tied up later when I was miserable and I was stuck in chronic pain. So anyway, that was my background growing up. And then I came back to Thailand when I was able to go to international schools here, the, you know, by... 1985, things were, you know, looking much more active. There was more uh, road construction, so I could go. And uh, I was in Rumradi International School in Bangkok and graduated from there, went to India, did my bachelor's in psychology and a master's in social work. And then I came back to work here. So my background was in psychology and social work, but I found myself drifting from one job to the other because The psychology and social work jobs, they weren't paying good money and I was 24 and I wanted to make money. So I started chasing jobs that gave me better money, even though I wasn't really happy with the jobs. I didn't because if it paid me better money, I went for it. And eventually I found myself... Stuck at a job that I felt like suffocated there, and I didn't see any inspirations. Like all the inspiration sucked out with a vacuum cleaner, and I just felt dry and robotic. And I wanted to find something that made me feel like I was doing something meaningful with my life that I had purpose. And by this time, I was married, I had kids, I was thirty-eight years old, and I felt like the biggest loser because I thought I'm 38 and, you know, there are people out there, kids who know what their purpose is and I I have no idea what I'm doing and I hate this job. But I stuck in that job and I kept going because I wanted to be the parent that was there for my kids when they came back from school because I didn't have my parents around when I was growing up and I was determined to be there when my kids came back. And this job that I was in that really, you know, I hated offered me that flexibility to pick up my kids at 2 o'clock, go home and then continue working from there. So I stuck at it and I hit it and I was miserable and I was doing it for my kids. But when I went home, I was being like this horrible, horrible mom, frustrated and easily irritated and edgy and not saying nice things to my kids. And then I would feel guilt and all this shame about being such a horrible mom. And what was happening at the same time is that because I didn't like my job, I found it really difficult to, I was producing content for business English skill, business English writing. And, and I found it so hard to just get the work done. And so I would beat myself some more and say, loser, you know, you've got to even do this properly and, and you're a horrible parent. And then I would have these conversations with my husband and he would tell me like, why don't you just quit your job? like just take a break. And that all his like good intentions would just backfire because I was so in this chittery, scattered, angry, frustrated, lost kind of place feeling like a. And so we would get into useless arguments. And I would tell him like, you know, how can I quit? You, you know, our kids go to international schools, we the money and who's going to get the money and, you know, on and on. So it was a vicious cycle of pain. It was like hamstered on a wheel, sticking at the job, then being a not a nice mom, and then fighting with my husband, feeling guilt, shame, and then again going through the same cycles. And I felt like I didn't know how to break it. And eventually, one day, I used to go to the gym, California Fitness, it was called, right on a road. And I experienced pain in my left rib area. And I thought, yeah, I just overdid the abs exercises and that's why I have this pain, but it didn't go away for a couple of days. So I, you know, fixed an appointment with the doctor and he said, "Okay, you have costochondritis. It's an inflammation of a ligament that connects the breastbone and the rib bone. And so just take these painkillers and take this anti-inflammatory pill and within a week, you know, you'll be fine. It's no big deal." And so I went home, took the painkillers, but the pain didn't go away. So I went back And they said, oh, sometimes it just takes longer and you need some stronger medications." So I got the stronger medications and painkillers came back. He gave it to me for a longer time. And so despite that longer duration of stronger medications, I found that the pain wasn't in just that spot that I had it on my left rib. It was kind of like radiating to more of the rib area. And so I went back and, you know, I changed the doctor and the new doctor told me like, oh, do you work long hours on your computer? I said, yeah, I develop material. I'm always sitting on my desk. And he's like, oh, you know, the weight of your hands is weighing down on your shoulders. And so it's affecting your body. And he gave me this tip about getting a chair, working chair, which had adjustable hand rests so that I could get it supported and I work long hours. And I did that actually. I just got rid of that chair today, gave it to somebody. I've had it, but uh, that long. It was an expensive one. It was six hundred dollars. And then, so what happened was, despite trying all these different things, the pain wasn't going away. It just kept increasing. So now I had it on my left rib, right rib back, shoulders, neck, and I switched doctors again. I got new tools like a hot pack and a cold pack and rib support and neck support. And then that didn't work. So that they told me to do ultrasound therapy and physiotherapy and acupuncture. But eventually, the pain was so intense that I couldn't drive my kids to school. I couldn't turn my body without a lot of pain. And so I was told by the doctors to like quit my job and just be on bed indefinitely because all this movement was only really making things worse. It was a horrible thing to hear because You know, my kids were just five and six years old, and to be on bed rest, it's like, you know, when a mom is sick, the whole house goes topsy-turvy. I said, so what do I do now? And like, you just keep doing the medications and the ultrasound therapy and the physiotherapy, and if nothing works, then you get a surgery. And I asked them like, okay, so if I do this surgery, will this go? Because I was thinking, I'll just go and do the surgery now. And they said, there is no guarantee. Each one is different and there is no guarantee that this will work. And so I was on bed rest and, you know, we had to turn our whole lifestyle around. And it was a very depressing time because you're in Bangkok and Bangkok is known as the medical hub of medical tourism. And I thought, like, if these experts in the medical industry and I had gone to so many different doctors, if they can't help me. That means that I'm stuck. This is it. My life is going to be just sitting on my bed, watching my kids grow up, watching life go by, watching other people do things. And I'm going to be just sitting like a vegetable. So my life, you know, in my mind was like, okay, my life is coming to a standstill, mentally, emotionally, physically. And it was a very dark phase of life. So that's the struggle that I went through with chronic pain. And it wasn't until... I attended a self-awareness seminar where I didn't attend. I was like kind of forced to attend my friends and why don't you come to this seminar? And I was depressed and I never used to go out anywhere. And this was a self-awareness seminar. So I describe all this in my book, Instant Pain Relief, this whole journey. And I went to this seminar and I listened to the host just because, you know, he had talked about how he went through a very big crisis and he tried to commit suicide but he was found and he was fine and he healed. And so I thought, okay, he's had something way more serious than I have. He's been in pain. So I'm going to be open to listening to what he has to say. And he said something, the aha, was that you create your life with your thoughts. You create your relationships with your thoughts. You create your disease with your thoughts. And that was such a like a slap on my face because I thought that I was doing everything I could possibly do that was in my power to help myself. So how could I possibly be creating disease and pain for myself? How could my thoughts be doing that? And I wanted to dismiss it, but I stayed open because I was desperate. I wanted to just go back to being a regular mom to my kids. I wanted to just have a normal life. And so I stayed open to it and at the end of the seminar, I asked him, look, I'm in pain. And I didn't mention one of the things that he did in the seminar. Actually, his uh, partner said, anybody in the room having physical pain? And i too chicken to say anything, but somebody else raised their hand. And they called that lady in the front, in the hall with 150 people. And they asked them, so on a scale of 0 to 10, how intense is your pain right now? She had pain in her lower back. And she said, 8. And then she said, told her to say something in her mind based on the chakra diagnosis that she did. And the girl, she said that in her mind and she said, so on a scale of zero to 10. And now that you've said this, how intense is your pain? She said two. And I thought she's a setup. Like there's no way I've been doing so many things to help myself. And she just says something in her mind and the pain has gone down from eight to a two. It's impossible. And that's why when I went at the end of the seminar, I said, I'm in pain. What do you suggest? And he was a hypnotherapist, but he said, why don't you try EFT for your pain? And I asked him, what's EFT? And he said, emotional freedom techniques. And back then, this is 2007, there's only one website on the planet For EFT, it was the website of the founder Gary Craig, emofree.com. And he said he had heard a lot of good things about this technique. Because I asked him, Can I just say these things in my mind? And like I'll be free of pain. He said you can manage your pain, but you won't get permanent relief. For that, why don't you try this technique? And I thought, hey, how is emotional freedom got anything to do with this chronic disease? This you know, structural inflammation. Like, how is that going to be of any help? It sounded weird, but because I'd heard his story and I sort of trusted him because a guy who's tried to commit suicide is going from Bangkok to Dubai to Hong Kong to Malaysia talking about this. I thought, surely, you know, he's not talking crap. He knows what he's talking about. So I stayed And that same night, I googled EFT on emofree.com, and they had a free 89-page downloadable manual. And so I downloaded that 89-page manual, and I started going through it. And when I saw this process, emotional freedom techniques, it's a step-by-step process, and I thought, this is crazy. Like, you just tap with your fingers on certain acupressure points, and you say some affirmations along with it and you get relief but I was so desperate and I was so excited because it had come from a source that I thought was reliable. I gave it a go and I know I wasn't doing it correctly but I noticed instantly like my shoulder doesn't feel so tense anymore and my neck doesn't feel so stiff anymore or my upper back doesn't feel this heavy pressure and I was shocked because You know, I was popping in, I don't know how many pills and medications. And at some point they did nothing. Nothing helped decrease the intensity of the pain even a little bit. And I was so amazed at this. You know, I was sitting in my bed doing this at night. So I went and ordered every video DVD that they had in their library the whole stack. It was September of 2007. My birthday was coming up. So I gifted this to myself as a birthday gift. And when I got the package, every single day I sat in front of my TV with these DVDs playing and I started to learn this process. And it was, as I did this process, it didn't cover costochondritis, which was my disease, but they showed a step-by-step way that you can decode your own pain, like what are the key questions you can ask to get to the root of your pain. The aha I had was that chronic pain isn't just about what's going on physically with you because we think, oh, we have something physical, so the solution has to be something physical. Lower back pain and I need something like a medication or ointment or something. But I realized that as I released and let go of emotional pain, and I was in a lot of emotional pain, but we just dismiss it. Like, yeah, I hate my job, frustrated, I'm angry, I feel guilt, I feel shame, I feel resentment, and I see people moving forward, doing the thing, and I'm stuck here, and I feel all these angry, upsetting emotions. But that has nothing to do with this physical pain as something separate. And I realized that as I release and let go of those stressful, unhappy emotions, there were significant reductions in my pain levels. And the aha was that, you know, it's not rocket science to see that your mind, body, and spirit, and that what's going on in your life, the stressful job, the happiness at work, the dissatisfaction in your relationship, or the guilt, or the shame, all of these things, they have an impact on you physically as well. Like if suddenly right now in the middle of a conversation you were t- to get a phone call and learn that somebody you dearly love, you know, has had a nasty accident, instantly you'll feel this disturbance in your energy. And you might start worry or you might start feeling fear or you start feeling anxiety. And that might also lead to some physical symptoms. Like your heart starts pounding, you get all sweaty or bones and your veins get all uptight. So emotions cause physical things to happen. And if you've got something that's been going on for a long period of time, it can cause bigger dis-ease and bigger physical symptoms in your body. And so one of the biggest ahas was the astounding, astonishing power emotions have on our mental, of course, emotional, and physical well-being. Because as I did this process, and I'm not a doctor, and I have no medical background, I have psychology and social work background, and I know about emotional freedom techniques, but as I released and let go of angers and frustrations about my work, and all the past stuff too, because there was a lot of anger and blame at the world. Like, I grew up in a boarding school, And my parents were never around there. They couldn't be. They were here in Bangkok to guide me. And so there was a lot of dissatisfaction and feeling like the reason I don't know my purpose for this so many years is because there was no guidance or I didn't have whatever. And so as I released and let go of all that shame about not knowing my purpose and just drifting aimlessly, there's so much, you know, there are so many layers of emotional pain i call it the emotional forest that we all carry since our childhood and as i started releasing letting go some of it significantly i was free of my disease i was completely healed of every single pain in my body and covered my purpose my reason to be on planet earth you know, one of the interesting thing was that when I was in a lot of pain, my breathing was so constricted, was very shallow. And did this detox, mental, emotional detox, one of the first things that I realized was how deep I could breathe. And it literally felt like I know why I'm breathing now. It's like all that weight lifted up. I had clarity and I felt like all these years I've lived with a mask on my face and now it's taken off and I can breathe and I know I have clarity I felt lighter I've, even though I was still you know I didn't know what my purpose was but I realized that this is where I want to go I didn't know how I was going to get onto this path and what but I knew from the deepest core of my being that this is it this is my purpose and I just felt it and I was so excited I wasn't a medical professional, I had no medical degree, I had no medical knowledge, and I didn't know about costochondritis, I don't know about ligaments and, you know, all of that stuff. But what I really got very clearly is the thunderous impact stress can have on your physical health and well-being. And here was a simple tool that I could use by myself, on myself, in my house, sitting on my bed, and take charge of my health and well-being. So my first guinea pigs were my kids. I mentioned the story in my book when she came, my daughter came back with a stomach pain and she says, you want to do that tapping thing? And, you know, maybe it'll help me. And we did the tapping and her stomach pain was gone. And my son had fear of the dark. And he said, you know, what if we can do this? And we, uh, we tried it on everything and it started working. So it was like this became our go-to healing tool box it's about everything if you're stressed about a friend we would tap about it if you didn't get a good grade we tapped about it because what I've found as a parent is that we teach our kids physical hygiene right from the time they're very little like you know brush your teeth wash your hands and take a shower but we never ever talk about taking a mental shower releasing and bring the mental debris and the emotional debris that collects every single day. You feel disappointed today. You didn't get a good grade today. You've had a fight with your friend. It seems silly like, okay, this is life. This is how things are. But all those experiences, they leave emotional, mental residue in our system. And over time, every day, every day, it's like your body is the Dumping ground for your emotional trash, for your mental trash, and guess what? Over time, it's gonna be a stinky environment in there. And eventually, you know, the aha was that emotions are energy in motion. We are energy beings. We all know that E is equal to M C squared. Einstein said it. And then, our emotions are basically energy. They're supposed to be in motion. So if I had a fight with my friend, or if I got pissed with my boss. I felt anger, I felt shame, or I felt sadness. And these energies, we're supposed to feel them and release them. They say you need to be in slow. But when you don't address those emotions, those little silly ones as well, where you felt embarrassed or you feel ashamed or you just felt angry, then they don't just disappear once that incident is gone, they leave residue. You can still go back in your mind and think about that thing that happened in your childhood that you still have some remnant feeling about. And so over time, these emotions, which are supposed to be energy in motion, get stuck. And they overload our system. And basically stuck, repressed, ignored, unprocessed, unaddressed emotions is stuck energy. But all the stuck energy right from the time we were born till whatever age we are right now. We have all the stuck energy, which has been adding up, adding up. And what does that do is basically, it's like traffic jams in Bangkok where it's not going to the circulation, your blood circulation, your nutrition is not going to all parts of the organs. The oxygen, the food, the nutrition is not going to, because of so much blockages in your system and your breathing is really shallow because the free flow is blocked. And eventually all that dis-ease, Inside, it's physical pain and disease on the outside. And so basically, as you use this tool, emotional freedom techniques, it's basically, you know, it's a Chinese acupuncture combined with modern psychology. And so if you go to an acupuncturist, what they do is they stick needles in your key points in your body, which are basically points of energy pathways or energy meridians. And they stimulate it so that if there's any blockage, it kind of, you know, the stimulation frees up the blockage and there is more flow. But in tapping, EFT, emotional freedom techniques, you would call it tapping because you tap on these key same key acupuncture points, very easy to act, not all the points. And then you talk about what's upsetting you. You tune in to the emotions from upsetting incidents and as you do that, you clear up the emotional charge that you are carrying with you so you tune in and you tap and as you do that you release the stored upset the stored anger my dog died and my dad said you know i'll just get you a new dog and he said you're a boy don't cry boys don't cry and it's amazing i have ceos and founders as my clients and they will cheer up because there is all that stored pain That's the cause of all this stuck energy. And as you tune into that, using your mind, you're using your emotions, you're using your body and you're tapping energetically on your body as well. And as you do that process, what's amazing is that the incident that was really upsetting you, let's say you had a lot of anger about it. When you do the process and you watch this incident in your mind, it feels like a distant experience. It feels neutral. It feels like, okay, I'm watching a movie. And you don't feel the emotional charge. So emotional freedom techniques, how is it helping you with chronic pain? It's it's releasing the emotional charge that has been stored in your system. And there are different layers, right? And so as you release it and you clear it, you free up all that stuck energy. And now you're breathing better. And now the energy is flowing better. And the organs are getting the nourishment, the nutrition, the oxygen that they need to operate and you do well.
0: So I'm curious, you started as a skeptic with this and now you are no longer you are practicing it. What three things would you tell others who are skeptical to perhaps become more open to this and tell them that, you know, that you really consider this if they have chronic pain or other emotional things that are weighing them down?
1: So to the skeptic, here's the thing. If you are in chronic pain, you've been trying lots of different things. Number one is like, is it really working for you? or are you still stuck in pain? And if you're still stuck in pain, then the number one mistake that I was making that people in chronic pain make is doing the same thing, even though it's not working. So you go to the same doctor, you go to the same hospital, you try the same medications, but they're not doing anything for you. And so it's a sign that you need to do something different. But when you're in chronic pain, you kind of glorify that all the answers are with the doctor. And the truth is that if whatever he was saying was going to work, it would have worked by now. So if you're still in chronic pain, number one is you've got to understand that you've got to try something different. Number two is this particular technique. I mean... I can't think of anything easier that you can do. It's literally at your fingertips. You don't need to change fancy clothes. You know, you don't need to go somewhere. You don't need to have a fancy equipment. It's literally at your fingertips. And you can tune in. And I have a YouTube channel, EFT, with Shalni, with. this 300 plus videos showing how you can use EFT for anger, EFT for anxiety, EFT for pain relief, EFT for forgiving yourself, EFT for a hundred other things. So it's free. It's at your fingertips. And, you know, with medications, you have side effects. This has no side effects. And so it's something that you can learn by yourself, on yourself, do it, apply it on yourself, see the ship, and uh, have a tool for the rest of your life and even go out and help other people. So there is no harm in trying. It's free and it works.
0: Have you found any instances where it has not worked? I'm just curious.
1: Yes, there are sometimes, times, and it's mentioned in my book, it's a chapter called Resistance to Change. And sometimes, for example, so I discovered the power of the subconscious mind as I was doing this tapping process. So the mind is like an iceberg. I'm sure a lot of People have heard that analogy if they they've been introduced to the bar of the subconscious mind and ten percent the tip of the iceberg that you see is like ten percent of your conscious intellectual analytical brain that says I want to break free from this pain and the underlying ninety percent is subconscious and so the subconscious is all the stuff that we've been learning and growing and seeing and it's kind of an accumulation of all our experiences from the past. Now, what happens? I'll give you an example of a guy, a client who had massive breathing problems and he was in pain, also had breathing issues, which was not going away. And he had to put this machine every day for breathing. And so what happened was that he also had pain and AIDS. And so This lady came with her husband who was experiencing this. And as soon as I would ask him, you know, one of the questions to decode, this is for your audiences, like how do you get to the root of chronic pain? One of the questions you want to ask yourself is, when did this start? When did this pain start? When did this chronic disease start? I mean, I work with a lot of people with chronic diseases as well. Because by the time you have that, there's something been going on, that something been brewing even before that. So one of the first questions I ask people is, when did this start? Second thing is, what was the stress in your life during this spade? And so when I asked this person this question, right there, he had this pass out. And this happened again and again and again. And they kind of just said, we don't think this is going to work. And they just left. But since this lady, she was a mom, her kids went to the same school. And she said, you know, I think I know what you were trying to do. And then she told me that this started, uh, the stress in his life was that he and his brother were doing business and he made a big blunder because of which there was massive issues like financial loss. Plus the name in the community was really ruined. And he had a lot of shame and guilt and blame because of that. And so, interestingly, it had been five years since he had had that experience. But every time he goes to the office, he has this migraine and he has this breathing shoes and he has to come back home. And so, there are times when your subconscious mind is just not able to let go of this. And so, the subconscious mind I call it self-sabotage. The subconscious mind is very protective. It doesn't want you to go to these painful places. And so if you are in pain and you are stuck in pain, the two questions I mentioned in my book, you want to ask yourself, like if your pain is just not going away, you're trying this, you're trying the tapping and you're still stuck, one of the questions you want to ask yourself is, what's the upside of staying in pain? And usually that's like it spins people's head because they'll say, how can there be an upside to staying stuck in chronic pain? Obviously, I want to get out of it. Obviously, I want to do something about it. But the subconscious mind is a very powerful thing. And so, for example, for this person, if he was pain-free, why was it a good thing for him to stay stuck in pain?
0: So a lot of this sounds like it's basically a mindset, correct? I mean, it's about... Understanding your minds and also shifting your mindset. And that's sometimes the hard part is getting someone to shift that mindset. Have you found a couple of tips that you can give that helps people maybe make that shift? And again, talking about skeptics and people who you know have a mindset, but ultimately they, they want to solve a chronic pain or some issue. So how do you get someone to shift their mindset?
1: A lot of the times when people are desperate enough, they are open and willing to try something different. If I was in chronic pain and I could still go about my life and I could still do whatever I wanted to do and I wasn't on bed rest indefinitely, maybe I wouldn't have been so open. So sometimes you've tried everything, you're desperate to get better, and you're still not getting the answers. That's the kick that a lot of us need to be open to like what else is out there that can help me.
0: That makes sense. Sometimes you have to hit rock bottom to know that, hey, there's another way to try it. Yeah.
1: Otherwise, you know, people were depressed. You know, they're not happily, but they're comfortable in that darkness until they get sick of it. Like, I can't do this. I know there's more to my life than this. I can't stay here any longer. And so that is one thing. And the second thing is that people are open and willing, these two questions will help you get through that sabotage where... They say, what's the good thing about staying stuck in pain? Here's my experience. Like, I remember when I was in pain and I was doing this tapping diligently and, you know, regularly. So the pain was releasing and clearing. And there was this old original pain that was left in my rib area. And I told myself, you know, I can deal with this. It's just a little bit of pain. I don't have to, like, worry about it. So what if there is still some pain? And... When I did this process, I said, no, but because I had watched again and again on those 16 DVD videos, people getting free of their serious diseases, multiple sclerosis, cancer. And you can use tapping for all kinds of issues, physical disease as well. And I thought like, this is crazy. And then when I realized there was a resistance to giving up this pain, because I thought if I have this pain, I don't have to go back to that crap job anymore. Because I hate that job so much that it was like, oh, if you get that's not consciously. But subconsciously, your brain is saying, is keeping you stuck in fear and saying, like, if you get rid of this last thing, you'll have to hop back on and go back to that job. Remember how much you hated it? Remember how much it was? Remember how sick it made you? So there is a part of you that wants to stay stuck in pain, not consciously. And so for everyone, it's different. I've had so many different stories of people who are sabotaging themselves. But if you're open and willing, you will honestly look at it. And a lot of the time you can't figure it out. That's where the expert comes in and, you know, they can help you, guide you and say, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. But the mindset shift is really, I find that if you're not desperate, people say, I I can live with it. I can live with this pain. So there are people who are okay living with pain. Not everybody wants to be pain-free. They are okay with their pain and like, oh, and they'll give themselves reasons. And that thing is that whatever you believe, you make it a self-fulfilling prophecy.
0: So I'm curious, you've been doing this for a very long time now. And what area of chronic pain relief or EFT would you like to delve into more moving forward?
1: I think, the most common chronic pain that people complain about is lower back pain. And one of the myths about lower back pain is like I sit the long hours on the computer and that's why, you know, I have a bad back. Or my kids carry heavy school bag or I carry this heavy bag. That's why that pressure is on my lower back. And the truth is that everybody these days is sitting for endless hours on their computers. Not everybody has a lower back pain. And... I had so many ahas understanding the different aches and pains in the different parts of your body. So when you have any pain in your back, it has to do with support. Your back is what? The spine. And the spine's function is to support you, right? If you didn't have a spine, you would have no support. You'd be like a pulp, right? And so when you have lower back pain, the question you want to ask yourself is, where in my life do I feel like I lack support? And usually, because I've studied the chakra system in very great detail, is the lower back, it has certain organs that are part of it, and it also has certain issues that are part of the root chakra, and it's to do with family and finances, and whatever your core beliefs are and lower back pain is always about not feeling rooted not feeling secure not feeling supported because root you know that's your root and if you're not feeling safe if you're not feeling secure it could be in your family it could be in your finance the people with chronic lower back pain will have different stories you know i was lifting something heavy and then i felt this thing on my back or Sometimes it's even an accident. Like 90% of the time, nothing happened. There was nothing physically, structurally that happened. It just kind of popped up one day. And so it's really about what's going on in your life where you're not feeling supported. I had a client, I think I mentioned him in my book. So on the surface, this is how he came to me. He had a lower back pain. He was the MD of his company. And I asked him, what's the stress? And there have been any stress? Are those case studies actually in here? And I asked him, do you have any stress? And he said, well, I'm doing a product launch. And, you know, I have so much uh, that I need to do. And uh, my key staff just decided to quit right in the last month or so. And, you know, I'm really pissed and I'm really angry. So we tapped on those feelings. We did some tapping to release some of those feelings. And then I asked him, when was the first time you ever felt like you didn't have support in your life. He said, oh, that's the story of my life. And I said, can you explain a little bit? And he started telling me about his childhood when his dad died, when he was 10 years old. And he had two sisters and his mom. So when his dad died, his mom kind of had this nervous breakdown and she called her sister to take care of her kids. And she went to her mom and dad's place for a while. And so now his aunt is in the house. He's lost his dad. And the aunt doesn't know anything in the house. So she's asking him to help. Like, where do you do this? Where do you keep this? Can you help me with the breakfast? Can you set the table? And he was like, I was a kid. I lost my dad. And I had all this responsibility. He had so much anger toward dad for dessert. And he had so much anger." towards his mom, like you just dropped everything and you get to cry. And, you know, it's 10. I was made an adult. And so there was so much emotion. And sadly, you know, I always say that as we were talking about the power of the subconscious mind, most of our programming gets locked in from the age of zero to 10, zero to seven. And so once that programming is done, it's on autopilot. We are programmed. And so now there's this autopilot. And Now he has friends who didn't support him. Then he has bosses who didn't support him. And now he has staff where something happens and he feels deserted and unsupported. We create these pain patterns without even realizing, even though, you know, on the conscious level, he thinks his back pain is he's working long hours and all of that. But really, the root is something totally, totally different.
0: And were you able to help him? Were you able to help him with his background?
1: Yeah, that story is there. And the whole tapping process is also mentioned in how we went through this anger with his mom, anger at dad. And then he eventually came to a place of peace. So yeah, was able to get rid of his pain. And that entire conversation and the entire tapping process is mentioned by stem by stem in the book because I have a lot of case studies in the book as well. So one of the key things, if you're in or uh, somebody listening is having chronic lower back pain if you don't address these deeper root issues you can keep trying to fix it with this and that and you know sadly people think i just have to live with it
0: you know this is very fascinating and i think you and i could talk about this for hours i think it's really very interesting but i do believe i often talk about it you know in terms of marketing insights and research that 90 to 95% of the decisions are made by our subconscious And this makes sense to me in terms of, you know, how many other things get manifested by our subconscious and that one can tap into it and harness that power to do better for oneself. And I think it's a very interesting thing for one to explore. I don't know if you noticed recently, there was an article in The Washington Post. They've been doing research in terms of stress and health and everything. And they're finding that, you know, stress is the number one factor for many, many underlying, yeah. And if you look at all diseases, if you look at the common factor that's across all diseases is stress. And they're finding that if people were to address the stress levels in their lives, that many of the chronic pains and various illnesses can be alleviated, if not substantially, completely. And it's quite interesting. So I think you and I will definitely need to have a conversation again with some more examples. But before I conclude this podcast, I often have one last question, and that is if you could have lunch or dinner with anybody in the space with EFT or chronic pain, who would it be and why?
1: Yeah, it wouldn't be with someone with EFT. So EFT has helped me on a spiritual way because it's basically clearing and letting go. And, you know, everybody says the kingdom of heaven is within, God is within. I'm a very spiritual person, and so the person that I would love to be with lives in Gainesville, Florida, and his name is Michael Kerr, and he has a beautiful temple of the universe that he has been there for 40 years, and I love his book. One of the books that influenced me deeply two years ago was The Surrender Experiment, and yeah, he talks about that life is unfolding perfectly. And it's been 13.8 billion years that things have been going on. And this moment that's in front of you is perfect. It's you're doing something and you come with your agendas and your programming and you say, no, this is wrong. This is wrong. That is wrong. This shouldn't be happening right now. You know, we have all our judgments and criticisms of what's happening. The tagline of his book is, my journey into life's perfection. And I find that really beautiful. It helps me release and to let go and to accept where I am and what's going on and be okay and at peace with life's unfolding. And there's so many beautiful podcasts that I listen to every day. So Michael Singer would be the person I would love to be
0: with. All right. Sounds good. Listen, this has been a pleasure talking to Shalini. I really appreciate all the examples and insights you've given us towards things people can do towards chronic pain and to improve their lives and empower them for a better path forward for themselves, which is great. So I want to thank you very much for the joining on the podcast.
1: Thank you. And for your audience, you know, if they want to give it a go, if they want to have a trial EFT with Shalini, I have tons of videos that show you how you can begin immediately to apply this tool, and use it not just. For physical pain, but also for releasing and letting go uh, emotions that are the stress that is at the root of all disease and pain. So feel free to check that out. And they can
0: find you on YouTube, correct? That's on YouTube?
1: That's the YouTube, EFT with Shalini.
0: Okay, EFT with Shalini on YouTube. That's how they can find you. All right, great. Well, thank you very much, Shalini.
1: Thank you so much. I loved being here.
0: My pleasure. Getting to AHA was brought to you by Eye Research. To find out more about us, head to iResearch.com and make sure to search for Getting to AHA in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else podcasts are found. And don't forget to click follow to ensure you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you for listening.